0: asp.com.asp.com.asp.com. What's up everybody? Patlin here and welcome to Ask Pat episode 1079. What you're about to listen to is a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. I'm here to help serve these individuals but by these individuals allowing us to share this on Ask Pat. Hopefully you can get some help too. And today we're speaking with Ben from Thoughtful Leader. He has a podcast and a website. He's been helping leaders become better leaders for the last four years. He has a decent email list. He has some products, but he needs to get to that next level. And there's some stuff that's happening strategically in his brand that will allow him to get there that we talk about. But there's also some stuff that's happening in his brain that I guarantee most of the listeners, you listening, are also or have experienced in the past as well. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. But really quick, it is August 1st, the moment this episode pops up and goes live. And that's really exciting because August is a huge month for me, August 2019. If you are listening to this and you haven't yet gotten your copy of Superfans, just Get it now because this book is about to blow your minds and help you grow your business. Superfans is a book that's gonna help you better understand how to not just get people into your business, but help those people who are in your brand, whether they are subscribers, followers, or customers, or fans, help them convert into Super fans, those people who will just consume everything you come out with. They're going to just buy every single product. They're going to share you and market for you without you even asking. These are the most important people that you can have in your business who will help support you and future proof your brand as technology changes, as algorithms get in the way. It doesn't matter. These super fans are going to be there for you. And if you pre order your book before the launch date on August 13th and you submit your receipt at yoursuperfans.com, I'm going to give you the audiobook for free. That's right, the audiobook for superfans you can get for free if you pre-order the book today at yoursuperfans.com. You could submit your receipt there, and I'd love to get it to you. So thank you for letting me share that. Just, I'm so stoked to get it in your hands. But I'm also stoked to chat with Ben today, so let's not wait any longer. Here is Ben from Thoughtful Leader. Here we go. Hey, Ben, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, Pat, how are you? Thanks for taking the time
0: to talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking right before I hit record about how there's hundreds of people who have submitted applications and we're picking them every day, but there's a big queue and I'm glad that you got in. So why don't you uh, really quick tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: I live in uh, Perth, Western Australia. And the main thing I'm doing at the moment is running a uh, leadership website called Thoughtful Leader. And that's pretty much the thing I do on the side outside of my day job. So I, I do, uh, at the moment, I'm in a sort of a middle, middle management role and I've had a lot of leadership roles over the last 10, to 15 years. And about probably five years ago, just for some context, I started getting a bit disenchanted with the state of leadership that I see out in some of our businesses and I started deciding to write about it and sort of um, share my thoughts with the world and obviously talk about my experience and what I think leadership should be like. So that's what led to Thoughtful Leader. And it's been a bit of evolution. So it's been a good four years putting the site together and trial and error over and over again to try to work out what I'm talking about and what my audience should be focusing on and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's basically um, what I've been up to.
0: That's really cool, Ben. Any particular type of leader that you are focusing on or who's the typical avatar for your audience?
1: So for my audience, it's generally um, corporate sort of leadership positions, generally in the middle management team leader type position. I'm not really focusing on executive leaders or anything like that at this point because I'm not one of those myself and therefore I don't want to pretend that I have those skills yet. That's generally who it is. I did do a survey of my audience actually recently, which was a bit of an eye-opener because I, I assumed that a lot of people would be finding my site because they're new leaders and they want to learn about leadership. But what I actually found was most of my audience are really quite experienced leaders who have leadership problems. It's not people who want to learn how to sort of start leading, which I thought was quite interesting.
0: Great job. Well, surveys can definitely be eye-opening in that way. What's the URL for the website one more time? So it's thoughtfulleader.com, all one word. Thoughtfulleader.com. And may I ask you what your definition of a thoughtful leader actually is?
1: So for me, my definition of a thoughtful leader is one that is intentional about making decisions and intentional about the way they lead people. So it doesn't mean you're the uh, nice girl or guy all the time, but it does mean that you think deeply and introspectively about the impact you have on your team and people around you when you're making decisions and when you're you know,
0: leading people. And so that's really the crux of it for me. I love that word intentional. That's so important. And I 100% agree with you. Okay, so it sounds like you've been doing this for a while, four years. And so what's on your mind?
1: I've had, you know, various things happening. So I've been creating different products and that sort of stuff with varying levels of success. And obviously, you know, the big the big uh, advice now is to test your ideas before you create products. So I've obviously learned the hard way <laughs> early on by not doing that. But at the moment, I've got a bunch of ebooks and things that I, that I sell on the site. And I'm starting to pick up a few sales here and there. It sort of trickles in. So I've got an email list, which is built to about 1,200 people. I just started a podcast a couple of months ago. I really just use that as a solo show to provide a different method for my audience to consume the content rather than have guests on or anything like that at the
0: moment. Are you sort of rereading your blog posts there or are they different topics?
1: What I'm doing is actually recycling older content that a lot of people might not have um, seen yet. Very cool. So I sort of every week I share out the new blog post and then a podcast, which is a new episode, but it's it might cover some old content that someone hasn't
0: come across yet. So I sort of give people options. Very nice. And it's the same name, Thoughtful Leader? Yeah,
1: it's the it's called the Thoughtful Leader podcast. It's on all
0: popular podcasting platforms, as far as I can tell. Perfect. I'll check it out. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. But continue on.
1: Yeah. So um, my issue, I think. So I've I've done a bit of segmentation and that sort of stuff. What I need a bit of guidance on is really how I'm cutting up my audience and how to serve them better with my content. And I think what I have a bit of it is an engagement issue with my audience as well. But what I mean by that is I, I do get you know feedback and good feedback on my content and that sort of stuff. But I think. I'm trying to gauge the level of engagement I should have from my audience and whether I'm just not, don't know, producing the content in the right way or with whether my audience has certain characteristics that make them difficult to engage or that I need to engage them in a different way. So as an example, a lot of my email list, obviously, it's been built up over the last three years or so. So some of these email subscribers may be quite old now, a couple of years old. But, you know, you send out emails and things like that. Often, I don't get too much of a response if I'm trying to do surveys or anything like that. So asking for feedback, so that can be a bit difficult. But I also wonder because if my audience are basically, they're mostly leaders and a lot of them sign up with their work addresses and stuff like that, I wonder whether I should be engaging them in a different way.
0: Hmm. Have you asked how people prefer to engage in your survey? I haven't, actually. It sounds like an obvious one that you... (laughs) Well, I mean, it sounds obvious after the fact. We never know the right questions to ask until after we run these surveys. But it might be interesting to... I don't know if you have some people who may be super fans or highly engaged people in your audience already, who you could reach out to even get on a phone conversation with or a Skype conversation. That's what that's actually been one of the best things that I've done in my businesses. And even now that my email list is you know 220,000 people, I still take the time every month to speak to or try to talk to in person, whether it's online or offline, some of my new email subscribers so I can ask them questions. I know that they are recently subscribed so that I can sort of, Reach out to them and they're going to be excited about the opportunity to kind of offer feedback right away versus, you know, some of the older email subscribers, they might have different email addresses or different modes of communication. So have you ever actually had a chat or sat down or talked to some of your audience members before?
1: No, not not in person. It's always over email. So I get questions and things like that and I'll chat over email, but not actually in a personal conversation.
0: Okay, well, that's like a good first step, right, because email is for the people who use email and communicate via email. It's a great way to get to know somebody and kind of have it on your time or their time whenever it's convenient. But uh, one of the coolest things you can do, and I would challenge you, is to maybe by the end of the month, try to have a conversation with two or three people in your audience and maybe even send the email out and say, hey, I'm doing a free call and uh, I'd love to just get to know you and what I can do to better serve you as a leader in your space. And there's no, I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm, I just want to get to know you. And f- wh- what I'll do is I'll just randomly reach out to 10 brand new email subscribers each month randomly. And it's funny because some people just don't believe that. I wanna get on the phone with them. But honestly, it's one of the best things that I've ever done because those conversations, first of all, some of those conversations are really short and kind of just nothing really comes out of that. But other conversations, I mean, I'll, I'll talk for hours sometimes and I'm asking questions like, well, what are you struggling with right now? What have you tried to do to you know start your entrepreneurial endeavors and, and what has been stopping you? And then I'll even share some new ideas of things that I'm thinking about creating. Hey, I'm thinking about creating an email marketing course. Is that something... You would even be interested in what's your gut reaction to that? And then this is a good opportunity to go, hey, and if I wanted to like follow up with you later online, what would be the best way to communicate with you? Would you prefer email? Like, where are you and, and what's easiest for you? And then you get to hear like, you know, just in their own words, not just the problems that they're having and their ideas and what's working, what's not, but very specific answers to questions like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good advice. And I think it's something I've sort of the, yeah, I think I have a bit of imposter syndrome going on and I've had the, I've been battling this for like for quite a few years. Interesting. Okay. So it's interesting because at work, you know, I'm quite confident in my leadership role and that sort of stuff. And then when it comes to this sort of stuff with online business, you're putting yourself out there, right? So it's taken me a while to get comfortable with that. And I think that sort of stops me from, I've actually got a lot better, but really putting myself out there is something I've struggled with, I think.
0: It's definitely not an uncommon problem. I'll tell you, Ben, I think everybody who is listening to this can relate. I I definitely can relate. I even have moments during the week when I am just wondering, well, why am I doing this? Or who am I to talk about this? Or am I even qualified? You even hinted at it a little bit in the intro when you were saying, you know, hey, I'm not going to talk about executive leadership because I'm not there yet. I don't feel qualified to talk about that. And so I can hear hints of it. Why do you think that is? Where is that coming from, do you think?
1: It's interesting, interesting question. I think it's um, I mean in Australia we have a saying. I don't know if they say the same thing in the US, but like tall poppy syndrome.
0: Do you have that? Big head syndrome, kind of.
1: Yeah, it's the same sort of analogy used. I think one of your recent um, might be SPI podcast episodes where you've got the bucket of crabs and you put one of them tries to crawl out and they claw them back in.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's similar to that. So the poppy one, if a poppy grows too high, that'll be the one that gets chopped off. So everyone tries to keep low and not put their head above.
0: Actually, that's really interesting you mentioned that because when I was last in Australia, I went to visit my good friend Darren Rouse from ProBlogger, who's on the uh, the east coast of, of Australia. You're on the west coast, right? In Perth. Yeah, that's right. Have you been to a ProBlogger event before? I haven't, no. They're really, they're really good. And I think he does do them in Perth every once in a while. But anyway, this conversation of Australian culture came up because... I do these income reports where I share, you know, how much money I'm making, where it's all coming from. And somebody, I can't remember who, but we got in a conversation about just the fact that, you know, Australians would like never do that. And it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like an interesting culture and and correct me if I'm wrong, where you kind of want to stay average so that you don't get too much spotlight on you. Is that sort of the, or maybe that's the East Coast thing, I'm not sure, but.
1: No, 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 I think that translates across. I used to live on the East Coast for a couple of years as well. So yeah, it's very similar across Australia. But I think, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Culturally, I mean, we have celebrities and things over here, but if they're not modest and all that sort of stuff, and if they're bragging a lot and things like that, they tend to get shot down.
0: Oh, I think I remember what it was. It was around the time of the, the Olympics and somebody from Australia won second place they, they won a silver medal and they were crying because they didn't get gold and everybody was saying like how could she do that she should be thankful she got second and like she shouldn't worry about getting gold and it was this big debate and people in the U.S. were like no like that's completely we get that because we want to be first and the best all the time and you know, just brought up this really interesting conversation about culture. But anyway, I don't want to get a, uh, too off tangent here, <laughs> no, but fine. it's just a really interesting conversation about about culture. And, and, but that sort of syndrome, imposter syndrome is not just in Australia, it's everywhere. And for me, a lot of it comes from, well, I don't know if what I'm putting out there is good enough. There's a lot of other people who could do it better. Personally, I've, I've realized over time that, you know, although I'm sharing a lot of the same stuff that other people are sharing, I share it in my own way. And people want, it from me people respond to the way that I am and and that's your tribe your vibe attracts your tribe and I'm sure you're building this uh, you know amazing and very strong tribe of leaders on your end as well speaking to what you were saying earlier about the executive stuff I do want to cover that really quick because I don't want people to assume that if you don't like I understand where you're coming from when you say well I'm not an executive so I don't have that knowledge but you can still be somebody who learns how executives lead and teach along the way
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. When I say that, I don't mean I have that experience because I've done quite a lot of previously in my career. I did quite a few years of consulting work for some pretty large international consultancies. And during that period, I dealt with executives and stuff all the time. So I am used to dealing with senior leadership like that. But I guess I'm not really writing about that. I'm more writing about the direct people management, people leadership type stuff.
0: Cool. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Okay, so from here, I want want to continue to dig deeper into some of the sort of next steps for you to help you. I think getting into these conversations, even if it's if you just position it as a 10 to 15 minute call with somebody because you want to learn more about how you can help them, you know, always position it for their benefit and have those conversations and just Really be curious about what you can do and how these people prefer to communicate. And I think you're going to learn a lot. And in addition to that, probably hear some really amazing feedback at the same time that might encourage you and and help you battle this syndrome.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it is something that's been holding me back. But over the years, what's happened is I've gradually got more and more frustrated where I've gone oh, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to put this stuff out there. And slowly I've been breaking down these barriers, but I haven't really had that personal contact with my audience too much. So that's, yeah, that's something that would be really beneficial, I think.
0: So that's one method. The other thing that you could do on the same lines, and and this is something I talk about in my book, Superfans, it's where, you know, you are providing value, people know who you are, they're active members of your sort of a uh, subscribership, but they're not yet members of a community. And this is sort of bringing people to a place where they feel like they belong. So th- there's some really cool things that you can do, like, you know, small things like giving your tribe a name, right? Where people can go, oh yeah, I'm one of those. Just like people who follow me, they're known as Team Flynn. People who follow John Lee Dumas, they're known as Fire Nation. If you follow Star Trek, you're a Trekkie, right? And then they start to sort of come together for that sort of commonality under you that that you've created. So that's one small thing that you can do. Another thing you can do is you could start featuring members of your tribe on your podcast, on your blog, and that brings some really good community elements together because then people will start to respond because it's not just you, it's somebody just like them who is maybe just a few steps ahead that is getting featured, that is getting sort of noticed. And that's going to encourage other people to engage more because It's, you know, sort of a community aspect and and feeling to that. And then there's the bigger things you can do, like meetups, even big events, virtual events, perhaps, is a good thing where you are actually bringing your most engaged people together in one spot and then using that opportunity to engage with them, like whether it's online in a virtual summit situation or even something like a webinar or a live stream. Or a more official event like, you know, people flying in or coming into town for a coffee meetup or a multi-day event. Any of those things resonate with you?
1: Yeah, I think the most of it have to be online. The majority of my audience is actually uh, in the U.S. Actually, sort of where I'm targeting. I don't want to get into this thing where I'm a local. I want to be able to do international and also run mainly online. And get more passive income rather than do consulting, you know, in person stuff like that, trading time for dollars, basically. The community name thing, I think, is a good one. The meetup and the events and things like that, I think, I'm not quite ready for that yet. And I think it's a challenge with the local versus online. Perth is a quite a remote city, actually, in terms of um, is being called one of the re- most remote capital cities in the world or something. Just takes quite a while to actually get here. Sure, okay. But um, it's a nice place. Don't worry.
0: Another type of event that you could do that really gets people to move and communicate is something like a challenge where there's a specific date and a specific time period by which people are taking some sort of action. And that's kind of cool because it really can start to mobilize sort of a stagnant audience sometimes when there's a purpose behind a certain time period. And this has proven to be very successful across all kinds of different brands. And and it could take some time to just Come up with a creative, you know, forty-eight hour or seven day or five day, you know, week challenge to do something as a leader to, uh, and then have people qu- kind of report back and you know offer like a prize to somebody at random who, you know, engages in in some of the sort of reporting and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I do wonder whether this could just be my imposter syndrome talking, but, but the. Uh, the leadership audience I've got, so I wonder whether I haven't niched far enough because what I, I mean, leadership is pretty huge, right? You, there's so much stuff on the internet around, you can search all sorts of leadership stuff. You've got your Michael Hyatt's and your Brian Tracy's and all these guys, which is fine. I'm not trying to say that I can't compete with that because you can in your own way. But I think what, so what I try, what I did was started off quite general a couple of years ago because I thought, yep, okay, cool, everyone will write about leadership. So I started on that and it was quite general. Now I start to think, well, okay, I've looked at some of the other leadership sites out there. I looked at your SPI site as well. And I noticed you've got the categories of you know, things like affiliate marketing, podcasting, and that sort of stuff to actually help segment that audience. So I've tried to do that as well. And I've sort of chosen things that I'm quite passionate about. And I've had some feedback from surveys and things that people have the same problems and tried to segment them that way. Because I wonder, and these are things like time management, motivating team members and also building confidence in leadership as well. So I do wonder whether some of the engagement or the limited engagement I'm getting is because I'm not hitting the, the right people in the niche and they're sort of signing up for general leadership stuff rather than I'm hitting an actual need that they have. Do you understand what I'm getting at?
0: I completely understand. And I think that what I'm seeing is maybe there's just the missing piece in the middle to connect these people who are coming in for a more general sort of sense of leadership and helping them understand what their most important and top priority is in the space of leadership to then dive into that area of content on your side I'm very very encouraged uh, about the fact that you are segmenting by topic and I think it's totally okay to do that and what's really interesting and you might see this on my side especially on some of my other channels like on podcasting and, and especially YouTube you're, you're going to start to see this more so it's totally cool to have different categories but you're going to find some categories are going to be more lively and more engaged and, and just more interesting to your audience than others. That doesn't mean that you necessarily, in some cases, it might mean just like, whoa, like 90% of my stuff about this is just getting so much engagement, I'm just gonna completely change my brand. And that happens sometimes. But if you know that leaders require all of these different aspects, which I think they do, then it might just mean that you know a majority or more of your content is about that particular, You know, maybe it's more about time management, versus the others it doesn't mean you don't talk about the others it just means you talk about the ones that are most popular more are you seeing any one of those particular topics sort of being responded to or you know trafficked more
1: yeah i think the motivation team motivation is one and i'm pretty strong on like a lot of my content is about when it comes to motivation it's not about short term rewards and things like that it's more about sustainable motivation within teams so that people enjoy coming to work and that sort of thing and i think that is the stuff that i'm seeing gets a bit more traction and about sort of employee engagement, that sort of stuff.
0: I like that. So that, that's where I would start to build out a couple things. Number one, have a clear way for people who come across the website to understand that that's sort of like a top priority that you talk about, whether it's in the tagline or in, in the navigation menu that just you got to hone in on that so that people can go and find themselves there. And of course, in your general content or other content, it can make its way into that content too. And you can cross link and get people onto an email list, which would then be next the next step. So however people get on email, you want to start to segment your audience so you can understand, okay, well, here are the group of people in the 1200 who have basically told me and said and self-segmented into the sort of team and motivational segment or bucket, if you call it that. This is definitely playing on a book called Ask, which was really helpful to me. I have read that. You have read that. Great.
1: Well, yeah, I sort of, and I did start to follow those steps. And when I did the survey stuff, I did actually, I found it a struggle because my audience was responding with things I found very difficult to put into different buckets. Like it wasn't obvious, you know, what the categories were from that method I was trying the, the my responses anyway.
0: Yeah, it it can be tough. I remember we collected 5,000 responses for open-ended questions. This is like, you know, definitely a chore to go through. But I mean, I could have created 45 different segments, right? Based on what people said, but I had to really make a decision on what the top things were. And you have made that decision already, it seems like, which is good because a lot lot of that probably comes from your experience, just answering questions and helping people.
1: Yeah, exactly. I guess the concern I have is that these things are, you know, time management, building self-confidence, and then understanding how to motivate team members, Then I have a general bucket where I've written a lot of content in the past that's just doesn't fall into those categories. But I generally try to stick to the top three ones now. But my concern, I guess, is that that doesn't cover everything about leadership, right? That's only, you know, for example, if someone wanted to specifically know about people management or something like that, they might think, well, they don't have that stuff on this site. So I guess is that I that you did just live with that.
0: Well, the thing is, if these are your target categories, but people are still asking questions, you should cover them in some way and they can go into a general category. But where I was going with my sort of YouTube example is that, you know, my podcasting stuff has definitely picked up over the last year. So I'm leaning into that a little bit more. And it doesn't mean I don't have content about, you know, setting up your LLC still. I'm still publishing that stuff because that's still helpful for podcasters too who are creating their own businesses. But you're gonna see like 30% of my content on the blog be about podcasting in the future and actually even more on the YouTube channel about podcasting. Those are the signals that, you know, people are giving me, but also Google and and YouTube are giving me with with analytics too. Uh, so I would definitely dive into analytics too, in addition to the conversations that you're having with people to understand. Okay, well, where where should my sort of top focuses be? Where should I spend the next sort of three months creating content and and building out these funnels? Because once you get you know your most popular one, which is motivation and team management, well then you should also have within that a series of emails for people who have self-segmented into that space. This is where it starts to get overwhelming, Ben, because it's like, oh, my gosh, I have these like four categories. Now I need to build funnels for each of them. And then, like oh, my head's going to explode. Start with one, right?
1: Well, to be honest, I've got, so, I mean, I basically, the reason I switched to ConvertKit, which is um, from MailChimp. Good for you. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Yeah. So I finally committed to paying for something because I was like holding off on that for a while. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of sequences already set up. They're just quite basic. So they're not really, you know, they're not these 15 email long sequences because at the moment I don't have any large products to sell. I've only sell sort of small eBooks and things like that. So I don't really have any sequence that's leading to a large course sale or anything like that at the moment. So they're, yeah, they're real basic. So they're only so four or five emails maximum, but I do have them for each segment at the moment.
0: Oh, good. Good. Okay. So then definitely go into the analytics. For both Google and even your email, ConvertKit has some good reporting features to just, this is where you start to kind of fine tune, right? I think you're you're ahead of the game, actually, with uh, where I know a lot of other people at. So I would just encourage you to keep fine tuning and stick within these categories primarily, but continue to listen to your audience. And, and main thing, going back to what we talked about earlier, is to, to see if you can just have conversations with them. I think that your mind's going to be pretty blown with not just the interactions that you have and the confirmation that you are doing a lot of great things, but a lot of the help that they're gonna ask for and some of the more clear answers to some of these sort of unknowns. And then the final thing I wanna talk about is just like, you know, it's it's interesting because back in the day when I started blogging, the blog was where everybody was communicating, right? It was, it was always the blog and, and email lists were the two things, email and, and the blog. Now, blog comments are at all time low And email is getting, you know, people's attentions are are everywhere. Email, social media, and YouTube, podcasting. It's, It's tough to get in front of an audience. But the best thing that you could do is sort of do a little research, if you haven't done so already, with where else does my audience exist? And there's a few things that you can do for that. Number one, you have this podcast of yours. If you go into iTunes, which later will turn into Apple Podcasts on your desktop, it'll show you people who listen to your show also listen to this show or another show. And literally your audience is listening to them too. So you can connect with those other podcasters and maybe even do a guest swap or something to share those audiences together and get in front of the, you know, more people that way. Facebook groups, there might be other personalities who have your audience too, who could benefit from your particular stance and you can kind of work together in that way.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for that. I just have one more question, actually. Yeah, sure. Yeah, on the segmentation stuff. So the thing I thought originally was, okay, if I've got these three main segments, do I have to start producing content, you know, for every segment every week, right? And I was thinking that's going to be overwhelming. But do you just basically produce content and send it to all your list anyway? Do you still do that? Even if they their particular interest might not be that particular post for that day?
0: I would be more selective instead of, sort of blasting everyone to everyone. First of all, you don't have to write for every category every single week. That's definitely overwhelming. I would stick to your primary schedule and just focus more heavily and lean into and write more about the things that are the most popular, right? And, and, and answer those questions. So I think number one, uh, and, and there's some really interesting things that you can do with ConvertKit, for example. You can have people sort of click to tag themselves to say like, hey, do I want to be notified every time an article about, so, so you could do this a couple of ways. You can you can go directly and say, hey, if you want to know every time there's a team management article that comes out, if you want to be notified, click here. And that you can tag them in ConvertKit as like high interest dash, you know, team management or whatever the category you called it in, in ConvertKit. Uh, or you can go the other way around. You can send an email to everybody who has subscribed to, you know, want to get every single email. So I, I have something that goes out every Friday called the Digest, right? Which has sort of a list of all the content from all the different platforms so that it's not overwhelming. Because if I, if I literally sent it to everybody every time I publish something new, it'd be like 20 emails a week. That's not good. But what you could do is say, hey, click here and I will make sure that you never miss anything because all of this is helpful. And so you can have people self-segment and, basically give you permission to send them an email every time you come out with anything. So you can kind of doctor it up in any which way you want, but there are really interesting things you can do with ConvertKit to allow people to even get some preferentials when it comes to how they wanna receive content, which by the way, I'm sure you've seen this a little bit, but when you start to get into the segmentations in your email, you're gonna start to get higher open rates and you're going to get people to respond a little bit more than if it was just one general bucket alone. So use the conversations that you're gonna have And let them know that, hey, how would you prefer to receive emails from me? Do you want them all? Do you want just the one about the thing? And you'll hear directly from the audience that you're building for what to do.
1: Yeah, I do think that, for example, I like to write about time management, that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, I get a few unsubscribes from that, not heaps, but a couple when I think if I harp on that too many weeks in a row, (laughs) people start to go, oh, yeah, it's just about time management now. So, yeah, that can be avoided. Yeah,
0: that's good. And on unsubscribes, I mean... People are going to unsubscribe and that's okay. Like I look at it as making your list stronger, right?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not too worried about that. But I am aware that, yeah, I think you're right. I don't want to start bombarding everyone with every piece of content unless they want it.
0: Exactly. There you go. Cool, man. We covered a lot of stuff. What's the general consensus and and, and thought about the conversation and sort of what have you learned from this?
1: No, it was really good. I think you just sort of said things that I knew I had to start doing. It's one of those things where you say, you know, you're giving us permission to do things, Yeah, dude,
0: it's so common here on Ask Pat. It's hilarious. Even when I got the invite for the podcast a couple of weeks ago,
1: I was starting to think, what are these things that Pat's going to tell me I should be doing? But anyway, well, number one actually is the calling and organizing some calls with some of my subscribers. I think that's just a big one for me to start breaking the back of some of this imposter syndrome stuff a bit better. Even if the results that I got back were not great, it would still be a massive step forward for me to do that, I think. And that will just, I think, unlock a lot of other things that I could do and be a bit more out there with what I'm trying to do. So that's a huge one. And I'm going to force myself to do that.
0: Yeah, it's almost like, you know, and I would imagine that when you teach leadership, and especially for management positions, like it would be unheard of for you to say, don't talk to your team. (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) right so basically what you're doing is is you're talking to your team here well
1: i have you know i have a bunch of stuff about building leadership confidence and stuff and one of them is you know putting yourself out of your comfort zone and i I do do that at work but i have struggled doing it with my online stuff so i can yeah I, i need to do that that is a big step i need to take The other thing, it's just around the segmentation. I want to get smarter with the email segmentation. So at the moment, because I transitioned from MailChimp, I've sort of got a lot of people in one big bucket. So I'd like to send them out a sort of segmentation email so I can get them to self-select a bit better and then start sending the content to the people who want it specifically. And that will, I think you're, well, I know you're right. That will be a lot better for engagement because people are hearing, you know, reading the stuff they really ask for rather than anything. I
0: think that's huge. Ben, this is this is great. I can't wait to uh, reconnect with you in the future just to kind of see how things progress. And one more time, can you let everybody know where to learn more from you?
1: Yeah, to learn more from me, you can go to thoughtfulleader.com. Uh, that's the main place and that's got links to my podcast and things, which is called the Thoughtful Leader Podcast as well. Yeah, and I'm also on LinkedIn, obviously, so you can connect through that, but that's all through the website as well.
0: Awesome, thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Uh, well done and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you for that. I will get to work on this stuff. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ben. Again, one more time, you can find him at Thoughtful Leader. Just go to thoughtfulleader.com. Dot com, or you can look up the Thoughtful Leader podcast on your app right now. Uh, and again, Ben, just thank you for coming on. And for anybody else who wants to get coached just like Ben today, all you have to do is submit your application at AskPat.com. There's a little button in the middle of the page that you can submit your application. And uh, I'll reach out to you if, you if it's time to get you on the show. And we'll, we'll go through this process just like we did with Ben. Thank you all so much for your support. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the new reviews that have been popping up on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and everywhere else. And lastly, I'm just very thankful to everybody who has helped support me with my new book, Superfans. If you pre-order it on Amazon or Target or even Barnes & Noble today, just submit your receipt at yoursuperfans.com and you'll get the audiobook for free on launch day. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Team Flynn, you're amazing. I'll see you in the next episode. Team Flynn for the win.